Welcome to Growing the Game with Ballsy, installment 339. And wherever you're listening, however you're listening, thanks for making me and Growing the Game with Ballsy part of your podcasting options. Our title sponsor here for Growing the Game with Ballsy is Advantage Collision in Saskatoon and Prince Albert, your SGI-accredited auto body repair shop. They're a family-owned and a certified collision care OEM approved auto body shop providing comprehensive services part of a worldwide network of best in-class collision repair shops. Their customer service team can manage the entire process on your behalf to ensure everything you need is taken care of. Their high-performing, technically advanced team of auto body experts knows how to deliver exceptional workmanship and service in the shortest time possible. Choose Advantage Collision in Saskatoon and Prince Albert because they care about your safety. The first quarter is brought to you by Face First Medical Aesthetics. Above Gabos on Dudney Avenue in downtown Regina, beat back Father Time in a naturally looking way with Crescinda to catch. She continues to expand her knowledge and skills in the aesthetics world, quickly becoming the go-to person in that industry here in Regina and surrounding area. Face First medical aesthetics. I had a chance to catch up with longtime CFL fan Bobby DeBow, who entered the Guinness World Record book for attending a game in all nine CFL stadiums in just 15 days. This guy that's joining us now set a world record. I wanted to get him on earlier, but we only have champions and world record holders on this show, so I wanted to make sure he could complete this task, and he set a world record yesterday, okay? 37-year-old from Delta, B.C., attended a game in all nine CFL stadiums over the course of just 15 days. That's the fastest someone has ever accomplished the feat. The journey began on Saturday, June 24th, when the Stamps hosted our Rough Riders at McMahon Stadium. Bobby Dubow joins us, BC Lions fan. Hi, Bobby. Thanks for joining us. Hey, Bozzy. Thanks for uh, having me, and thanks for making me earn it. Yeah, well, you guys did, or I wanted to make you earn it. That's right, because with the way it's amazing you did this, and there were no, were there any flight problems, or was it close at any point? Uh, just a couple half hour delays. Montreal, maybe a long, little longer, but that's expected out there, so. What about- uh, no, the only uh, the big problem was the weather in Montreal. That was the one that I was really sweating out. Yeah, that was that. That's a good point. And then the other one would have been maybe like I was thinking like Hamilton to Toronto and then to fly back to BC, right? Yeah, luckily I met a I met a guy at the Winnipeg airport. He was flying to Toronto to go to the game too, and he had a car that he'd rented, so he cut down my travel time back from Hamilton to to Toronto, and I was able to. Uh, able to get back just in time for my flight in the morning. So, uh, Bobby, when did you decide you wanted to do this, and how did you go about finding out what the record or what it would take to do this? Uh, So I I thought about doing this last year. I I went to -to back-to-back games in Montreal and Ottawa. Uh, I thought it would always be great to see all nine. The only other stadium I've been to before is is Mosaic. Uh, I took a look at the schedule when it was released this year, and I found this kind of weird anomaly where I was able to do it in in 15 days. So I booked my trip and then I submitted the idea to Guinness because I thought it'd be fun to be in the in the Guinness Book of World Records. So I kind of had to pitch the idea to them and convince them why it was worthy of, of being a record. And uh, after 12 weeks, I heard, uh, yeah, go ahead. Usually they reject them all, but uh, somehow mine got through. So 
But how do you uh, factually document this thing so you're not just making it up? So I needed to uh, have witnesses at every game. Uh, they need to be there at the beginning and the end, which is a problem, uh, especially like if you're like the Elks game. A lot of people, well, actually, a lot of people stayed for the Elks game. A lot of people left that Riders game pretty early with five minutes left in the fourth quarter. So the, the problem is trying to find people that are going to stick with me the whole game, whether it's uh, whether the team's getting blown out or whether there's a pouring down showers. Yeah, you're, you're here with me till the end. you got to verify. So mm. witness statements, and then I have to take tons of video and uh, just uh, anything to prove that I was there. I was there the whole game. And, and uh, yeah, that's basically they just want a ton of evidence. Bobby Dubow joining us here set the world record. He went to all nine CFL uh, stadiums in 15 days. Outstanding. So, um, Bobby, uh, besides BC, which you put at the top of your list, what was your best experience in the other eight stops? Oh, the, the best experience was, was Mosaic. Uh, luckily, I know a few season ticket holders, so <laughs> they gave me the full experience. I got to hang out with them before the game and after the game, so... I got to experience a true uh, rider game, uh, unlike anywhere else in the CFL. I don't really have a bad experience. Montreal is a, kind of weird, but uh, every every stadium has got their own got their own unique uh, unique experience, and and I loved every second of it. Dumpier stadium, Montreal or Calgary? I, everybody wants me to say Calgary, and it's it's not even close. It's Montreal. Montreal is way worse. I agree. Has some seats on their back. Uh, sure, it's a nice view in Montreal. It's it's probably the best view when you're at the stadium. Uh, but I don't go to CFL games for the view. I go to, to to enjoy the game, and I enjoy the game by not having to shuffle around and on an aluminum bench all night. Yeah, I agree. How about BMO Field in terms of the atmosphere and actually getting in and out of it? I've never. That's the one stadium. It's my second year doing the games, and both our Toronto games, the one last year and this year, is going to be in Halifax. So um, what's that like to get in and out and the, that whole experience? I found it was pretty easy to get in and out of there, and and I don't get it. It's a beautiful stadium. It sounded like a lot more than 12,000 fans were there. They have one of the best teams in the league. Uh, they have no excuse to, to fill that thing. So uh, that's something I'll never, I, I don't understand. The, the weather was great. The, the wind's coming in off the water. It's, uh, it was one of the best uh, stadiums I went to as well. So you, you're missing that, but maybe I'll catch you in, uh, in Halifax for the game there. I'll oh. be doing my 10th stadium as oh. well. Oh, I can't wait. So here's my question. How are you so rich? Or do you have like air miles? Like, I'm serious, dude. That That's not cheap. Uh, luckily, I booked this flight back, like all my flights back in uh, February, all my hotels back in February. But actually, I only got a hotel in a few of the cities. The rest of them, I'm able to, like I have family across Canada. Uh, they're able to pick me up from the airport, drive me back at stupid times. And uh, they were happy to be a part of it as well. So uh, everything kind of fell into place. I had the network there. The logistics worked out. And uh, it was all in the CFL to make sure these games got off. What do you think about what Omar Doman's doing out there? Oh, sorry. It's, it's been night and day. Uh, five years ago, I was a season ticket holder as well, and, and you wouldn't even you wouldn't know there's a Lions game going on if you're in downtown Vancouver. So that's totally different now. I'm sure it's cost them uh, a few a few dollars to shut down these roads for the uh, pregame party, but it's, it's, a, it's a CFL experience now. So up until a few years ago, I always said my first CFL game was, was Mosaic because... BC Place never really had an atmosphere until 
until recently. So he's done a great job. Let's go. Spread right, fake spear. Play pass, 16 counters, Z deep angle. Full back west right, zoom. Full back left, pass half back at zero. Z quick screen left, on one. Right. Another title sponsor to recognize is Zelko Stefanovic, his great wife Deb, and their fine program. The Sasselex football program started in Saskatchewan, run out of the R Center in Moose Jaw, but it's expanded to Alberta and Manitoba now. Zelko just got back from a recruiting trip where he took a group of kids down to various U.S. colleges to get them some exposure and see what it would be like to play NCAA football at various levels. Our second quarter is brought to you by some Regina and Saskatchewan football royalty. That would be Paul Waldo over at Royal LePage. Getting the real estate game with the three-time Grey Cup champ, 306-502-5355. Three-time Grey Cup champ, twice with the Owls, once with your riders. Played in Regina High School. Played Regina Thunder, U.S. Husky football, and now coaches the U.S. So he's had his fingerprints all over football in Saskatchewan. Speaking of that, Saskatchewan continues to punch above its weight in the sport of football, both in the flag and tackle versions. I had a chance to chat with football Saskatchewan's Mike Thomas about the gridiron success. Hey, how's it going, Baldy? Good, man. I'll, I'll get the flag football in a second. Let's talk about the U16 squad here in Regina at Libel Field last week. Three-peating. They beat BC in the final 34 to nothing. Yeah, you know, it was a great day for the kids to be able to finally play in front of their home crowd with their moms and dads and friends and family there to support them throughout the process and come away with a three-peat. It was something that, you know, the kids and the coaches didn't really talk about. They talked about the process and what it takes in regards to be successful and that if they played a complete game all the way through, that hopefully at the end the result would net themselves in a championship and they followed everything to a T. And it was great to be able to witness that and see all the hard work put in by the coaches, support staff, players, uh, and uh, see how they were able to come away with a, another championship to cement uh, a little bit of a legacy here for uh, minor football and, and uh, under-16 football here in our province. So I'm sitting having coffee with the great Len Antonini uh, last week. Me and my son were my son was in, so we went for a coffee and hung out with him at the great comp, uh, uh, complex there. And uh, you think what he and Kelly Hamilton have done. And then, of course, I know out in Saskatoon, they kind of picked the brain of those guys and built on that for their own. Just talk about those two organizations, Saskatoon Minor Football, RMF, and, uh, you know, how much they've helped with what we're seeing here football-wise in Saskatchewan. Yeah, you know, the the pioneers really of the game have, have really helped in terms of, you know, the late Kelly Hamilton and uh, Len Antony and their crew from Regina Minor Football. And, and what Brian Giebert and the staff with Saskatoon Minor has done is it's really brought minor football to a new level of standard in our province. And it's really been picked up by other minor groups in terms of, you know, Moose Jaw Minor, PA, um, you know, North Battleford, uh, uh, Yorkton Minor, you know, another another big one that, you know, has obviously built a nice facility in their home. Uh, in their home and just even some of the smaller places the Melvilles um, you know the uh, uh, Tisdales you know you've had a lot of new ones that have starting up as well which is great because we all know that the foundational base for us is going to be our minor programs whether they're starting in you know uh, little ballers or tykes on spikes or um, you know the uh, um, the minor in terms of Adam or Peewee that's how things grow and so when the kids have great facilities to play in it allows things to 
be able to be showcased and just for players to have better opportunities all around. So, you know, the work that they have done has been a catalyst for success of other groups, whether it be um, rural or city uh, here in our province. Dave Rogers from Melford was the head coach of the U16 team. So, yeah, it's uh, it's kind of not just Regina, Saskatoon, Balgoni, Melville, all coming together uh, for the success. Mike uh, Thomas joining us here, former Regina Ram great now with football Saskatchewan and flag. Let's talk flag. We've had, you know, we've got the... Uh, you know, the U of R, we speak in Regina here, they were just uh, down east for the, I know the, um, the varsity female team was competing in a national uh, tournament. The national senior men's, Mason Nias, Colton Clausen, a bunch of them paid their own money, went down there, yeah. won, they're going to represent, uh, the Gamecocks are going to represent in Finland. And then, of course, you're, you were down in North Carolina with the U15 team. Tell us about that. Yeah, you know, that was uh, something that was a great experience representing the Maple Leaf and anytime anybody has any uh, an opportunity to do that you want to do so with pride and class and you know it was a great event um, we had a team of uh, 10 girls from Regina that was able to make it down there and it was uh, a, an absolute amazing opportunity to play against the U.S., Japan, uh, Mexico, Panama, uh, and those girls really got a sense of, you know, not just making friends from those countries, which is all, you know, the best part about this, but they were able to uh, size themselves up against the competition from those countries. And at the end of the day, our team was not outclassed, outmatched, or anything to that matter. The girls hung in there. They were in every single game. Uh, you know, the Americans were, were very strong, and even in that sense, uh, we gave them their toughest matchup in the entire event. So, you know, when we look at that, considering that they were the national champions, or sorry, the uh, tournament champions, uh, that goes to show that these girls are right there with countries that do all-star teams from all over, and they're just from a city, you know, of 280,000 in the team in a, in a league that had, you know, six all-girls teams. And so, you know, they, they just were able to see that, you know, the game is really big across the world globally. And that, but with everything, that football is one thing that the, the sport is that they play, but it also unifies us in sport. As there were so many, you know, exchanges of phone numbers and social accounts and clothing exchanges and just big smiles and just really embracing the culture of, of football and what it is that doesn't matter who you are, where you are, um, you know, that, uh, you know, anyone can play, everyone does play. And at the end of it, when it's all said and done, that they can sit down, break bread and, and be able to uh, have a good time together. And I think that's the best thing about flag football. Anybody can play. You don't have to worry about the physicality of uh, of the uh, tackle side of football. And you can learn the game and then decide from there, hey, if I want to go into female tackle football or male tackle football. Yeah, you know, that was the one thing that, you know, when the girls saw the other teams, they're like, oh, you know, like the Japan team was, was quite small. Um, but they were very fast and efficient um you know the the panama girls uh, they kind of were more along the lines of them and one of the mexico teams and so you know they they really got a different sense of the game and how those teams approach it and and just kind of what their systems were but you know the one part as you just mentioned balls is the fact that yes the game is is one that uh, there is
isn't the same physicality component. Um, the cost factor is significantly lower. Uh, to be able to play the game is a lot easier. And so we're really starting to see the game explode, especially you know here in North America. Um, it's already big in, in Europe, and it's going to be growing in the uh, Americas and also the African nation countries here uh, pretty quickly, considering how the game is really being embraced. And hopefully, we'll be in the Olympics in 2028. After further review, it looks like the receiver didn't catch the ball, but he tried really, really, really super-duper hard to catch it. So we're calling it complete and giving him a participation trophy. The third quarter of Growing the Game with Ballsy is brought to you by my good friend Kevin Welsh and the gang at Hammer Time Roofing in Saskatoon. Saskatoon's only certified roofing business. They specialize in GAF, CertainTeed, and Malarkin Roofing. If you need your roof done in Saskatoon and surrounding area, give them a call, 262-ROOF. A group of former U of S Huskies who named themselves the Gamecocks recently won the National Senior Men's Flag Championship in Halifax. I had a chance to catch up with former Husky and Regina Thunder receiver and running back Colton Clausen. Hey, how's it going? Good, man. How are you? Good. Can't complain. Uh, it's fun to get out yesterday and play some flags. No, uh, oh, it was a great time, and it was really happy to come out here and do a great job and get the win. So that was in that was in Halifax. Am I right when I say that? Yeah, it's in Halifax. Yeah, we were playing at St. Mary's University Field there. Okay, so this did fly under my radar. How, did you guys just throw this team together, or how? To, uh, like you guys, you're a bunch of mostly Husky guys. I know Nye, Mason Nice, the quarterback, Mitch Hillis on the team. Like you guys just threw this team together, or what? We honestly we threw the team together in about two days. It was kind of just a last minute thing, and we were kind of just plugging and playing guys in. We thought we'd have somewhat of a chance, but you no, know, things went a lot better than. We're being honest that we thought we were going to go from the start, but no, just, I think it just goes to show you how good the Husky program is and how good uh, how, how good football is in Sask overall and how it can transfer over to um, flag football. You know, we had James Voss too, another guy. He was the Hilltop guy and the UBC Thunderbird, and he's just another guy we were lucky to, uh, to have play on our team, and no, we're, we're really happy we were able to come out to Halifax and go 7-0 and and come home as uh, the senior champ. Okay, so just wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. You didn't have to win? At, like, Okay, so how did you afford to go there? Or how did that work? Did you get sponsors or did you have to win something out of Saskatchewan to get there or what? So with that, it's it's pretty crazy. You like Every guy paid out of their own pockets and you go to this and I think there was 14 teams and yeah, each team put in teams, put in a team fee to play in the tournament and yeah, if you win the tournament, you are the senior men's team. So no, it, it, it's pretty easy to fly under the radar. It's, you know, you don't hear too much about it, but, you know, Mitch has played in a, a few tournaments before. Um, Kyle Siemens also was a big, big help in setting up the tournament. He was originally supposed to come, but he had some family commitments come up. So we were lucky enough to get a Nye guy to come with us as well, which, you know, is definitely a bonus with the way his brain works. So, no, it was literally a last minute thing, and we threw this thing in and thought it would be fun. And, you know, come out here, play some flight football, and have a couple of beers while we're doing it. <laughs> it was a good time. That is a good time. What's it like to be in a competitive situation like that, uh, Colton Clausen, and, and come out a champion? You know, it, it's good. Like, you know, being out of tackle football for a year now, it's uh, it's different. But, no, I think it kind of just brings you back to that, you know, that competitive nature you're kind of used to. And, you know, you miss it. When you get into it, you're like, oh, you know what, this is, this is awesome. And I think 
you know, once you play sports at a high level, you're always going to have a little bit of that competition in you. So, no, it's awesome, you know, guys go into it saying you're going to be relaxed, but it's always exciting to see guys' competitive edge come out and just see that they're always going to kind of have that as part of who they are. So, I don't know, it was awesome to just kind of be in that competitive arena again and be able to compete. And, no, it was, it was honestly a blast, and I can't wait to uh, hopefully get to play more going forward. So what... What uh, at what point in this tournament did you guys like? You went there, you spent money. It's not cheap to get to Halifax and everything like that. So you were you were invested financially. Obviously, you were there to have a few beers and have some laughs. But you wanted to win. But at what point did you guys think we can win? You know, it's funny. We walked in there and like you know, like you've seen the guys on our team play. You know, we're not the we're definitely not the tallest guys. You know, looking at us coming in, every team's probably looking and saying, "Okay, there's an easy win." But I think once. You know, we had a couple of tough games in the start, but once we got into the playoffs on the Saturday, we were just like, okay, like, okay, kept winning and kept winning. We're like, okay, let's let's see what we can do. And we got to the final. We're like, okay, we're here. We might as well try and win it all. And, you know, I think the biggest thing is just having Mason and having, like, just some smart guys on defense. And I think it just shows you how good of a job, like, Sats football and just foot football in Saskatchewan in general is doing because we were able to plug and play guys from different eras, different uh, timelines and like we had a guy from a completely different program but I think it just goes to show you how good football is in Saska we're able to kind of just kibosh your team together and throw it in and you know go 7-0 in a flag 7-0 in a flag tournament so no I think it's just really good for for Sask football and flag football in the province. Uh, Colton Clausen, former uh, Regina Thunder player, uh, player with the U of S Huskies, uh, drafted by the Alouettes, and he's a guy that's now a national senior men's champion. We'll get to where you're going next, but like you beat Team Canada 47-27. So what is Team like? What was Team Canada? Were, were what were they comprised of in terms of players and stuff? Um, they had a lot of alumni guys in their team. I think they had some Montreal Carabin guys, some Laval, some Quebec. They had a little bit of guys from a little bit of uh, everywhere in the country, so they're they're unbelievable athletes. But at the end of the day, you know, you watch I, the biggest thing we even said: you bring Mason along with you, you're going to have a good time. The way his head works is just like something I've never seen, and you know, he's going to be a, he's going to be an offensive coordinator at a at a whether it be a university program or a program. I think it's a lot sooner than many people think he might, but he just he sees things that people don't see and. Unbelievable human being, unbelievable football player, and I'm just happy that we're able to keep seeing him play in some type of realm of football. Well, and it's great you're play, you're, you're playing too. It's kind of sad, right? Like I think it's sad. Like Nias, Nias. Well, I talked to him. He didn't think he'd get a legitimate shot to get a fair shot to be a quarterback in the CFL with his hometown Rough Riders. So he decides to go to Vancouver and be a teacher. And then now he's working as the quarterback's coach with UBC. And he's happy, but like he, he thought that was a better route to stay in the game of football. Mitch Hillis, I saw a couple of highlights. Making one-handed catches, one-handed toe-tap catches, staying in bounds. Uh, Colton Clausen can, uh, you know, pound for pound. I always thought you're one of the toughest football players I've ever seen. It, it's sad that you guys couldn't hang around the CFL, but this, I guess, gives you a nice avenue to keep playing. Who knows? It's an Olympic sport coming up, too. Um, you know, that's a big thing, and I think, you know, that's like I love the guys. A bunch, bunch, just a bunch of great guys that, unfortunately, you know, couldn't couldn't get just to that next step, and you know, it sucks just you know not getting that that opportunity. But I think that's the thing. Flag's awesome, and it's it's growing. Like you look at what the NFL is doing with it, and. The sport's just growing and it's getting bigger and bigger. And I, yeah, I'm, we've 
we've talked about it before. It, it, I think it's going to be in the next Summer Olympics. Not this one, but the, the one after. So it's awesome to see that, you know, foot, football is an awesome game. And I know a lot of people, you know, are turned away from the contact of it. But I think that's where flag is good, where anybody can play football now. If you're scared of contact, play flag. If you want to play football, there's tackle football. Like, there's so many different avenues to be involved in the sport of football. And I think it's just great to see. And I know for guys like myself, I really appreciate having at least this kind of option to keep uh, to keep playing some type of football. I love it, man. I love the smile in your voice and the chuckling there. So now you guys get to go to Finland. Please tell me you don't have to pay for that. Uh, you know what? We're going to have to, I think we're going to try and do some sponsoring and we'll see what happens. I, uh, you know, I'm still out here with my, with my girlfriend and some friends. We're staying out here for another week. So gonna, gonna enjoy the time out here. It took some work off and, uh, no, I just, I guess when we get back, talk, talk with football staff, talk with, uh, you know, I know Joel Lipinski has always been really close, closely and, uh, knitted with flag football. Um, yeah. And just see what the plan is going from there. And uh, just hopefully get this get this kind of set up uh, sooner than later. So, so, so when it when is that when, when is this? Where is it? I guess it's the World Championship. When is that in Finland? So I believe that's in August the twenty twenty four. Oh, so, so you, not this upcoming August, but the August after. Well, you guys, you guys might be, drink too many beer and be overweight, and, and you know when that happens. Uh, no, they're, they're uh, <laughs> no, everyone's still pretty active, so no, we're good. We're in the beer. That's awesome, man. Hey, cool. You know what's that, guys? You don't stop working. I know that, buddy. Thanks for your time, man. It's great to catch up with you again. Congratulations and enjoy the holiday. Yeah, thank you, Ballsy. Talk to you again soon. Cornelius throws. That's intercepted. Nick Marshall has done it again. And he's running around. Go down. Go down. It's over. There's your... Knockout in the nick of time. Time now for the fourth quarter. And did you know growing the game with ballsies into the analytics of sports too, at least as it relates to the CFL, Keith Willoughby, the dean of the Edwards School of Business at the U of S, fires up his Commodore 64 to do some weekly and seasonal CFL simulations. Hey, ballsy dude. Not doing too bad. How about yourself? Awesome, man. I guess uh, uh, 12-11 win to go to three and one does not satisfy the computer we're still getting a cold shoulder uh, very much so yeah I, I think that that last game was was um absolutely unquestionably one of the zaniest games i've seen in my life following the saskatchewan rough riders like 57 minutes of what's going on followed by three minutes of sheer delight at the end and uh, some unbelievable plays by the riders down the stretch and a bit of a brain cramp by the by the elks yeah, for sure. So what's the computer saying about our record right now and where we're going to finish in the West here five weeks in? Yeah, the the, 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 the computer doesn't like the riders because it's looking at margin of victory and our wins have been by close, razor-thin margins. So right now, ballsy, we're projected to finish 8-10, and 10, projected to finish third in the West, go to Winnipeg in the West semifinal. No offense, man, and I don't take this the wrong way, but I always said... <laughs> Sports nerds ruin sports. Okay, I don't think you're a sport. I don't think you're a sports nerd, but I don't get wrapped up into numbers for exactly what you said, Keith. Okay, a lot of times, sometimes numbers don't lie, but sometimes they do. Like that was a gutty, gritty win. It was a gutty, gritty win in Week One. It was a gutty, gritty win in Calgary. They don't take into account places you play, how you won the game when it comes to analytics and numbers. So that's why sometimes I dismiss numbers. 
And that's what, you know, Ballsy, great point. Um, you know, being an analytics professor, um, this is my bread and butter, the things that I like doing, but being a Rough Rider fan, being a Canadian Football League fan, being a sports fan, I know we have to take a step back and look at the bigger picture. The bigger picture is the Saskatchewan Rough Riders found a way to defeat Edmonton on Thursday night despite suffering a 15 percentage points difference in second down conversions. The Elks thoroughly dominated the game on second down conversions, which I often look at as being a big part of winning a game. But the Riders found a way to win. They did the things they needed to do. They didn't infight. They found a key opportunity on the last drive. And then Nick Marshall makes a big play for the INT in the game-ending play. Yeah, two in a row. And you're right because opponents are 15-4 and four when they out when they do a better job on second-down conversion. So the Riders really did buck that trend. Um, but you're also picking up on something. Hey, listen, I'm, I'm, to- I'm not totally uh, against numbers because I do think there is some value in it. And you've come up with some great numbers, Keith, uh, in terms of first-down efficiency for the Riders. Yeah, and if you look at the how the Riders started this year, remember, remember the 17-13 to 13 win uh, in Edmonton to start the season? Uh, that was Trevor Harris's first regular season game as Saskatchewan for a quarterback. I think a lot of us as Rider fans, we look back at that game, and, and the offense was quite clunky. Remember, it came down to not one, not two, but three stops by the Riders on, uh, at the one-yard line, or else you know we might have suffered a, suffered a loss in that game, but... In that game, the Riders did really poor on first downs, averaging just over four yards of play. But since that time, the offense is getting crisper. And, in fact, if you look at the stats, it's bearing that out. Uh, we were 7.5, then 7.8, then 7.9 yards per play in our last game um, against Elks at home again last Thursday. So the Riders are doing a much better job at moving the ball on first down. In fact, we're now the third-best team in the league on first down performance. And what that does is it puts you in second down and manageable situations. So we're seeing, again, it's early on in the season. We're just four games in, but the Riders are really showing a much better job at moving the ball crisply on first down plays. Well, and then here's the interesting thing. You were talking, Keith, about second down performance. In Edmonton, 57%, we were 42 yet we win the game. Um, what's interesting, though, is the second down conversion rate, you know, seven plus as opposed to short yardage. Tell us about that. Yeah, I'm, this is an interesting situation here, but the Riders are the best team in the league right now, the best for converting second and long the worst for second and short. Uh, and, you, and I think what's happening here is early on in the season, the Riders with a very poised offense under the leadership of Trevor Harris, if we get second and long, we're not panicking. We're finding ways of getting the ball down the field. Think back to the last drive against Edmonton. We had a sack on first down uh, facing a second and long situation. What did Harris do? Scramble to the right, found Emelis for that big 16-yard gain that moved the ball forward and propelled us to victory. Yeah, absolutely, man. I I totally, totally agree. Um, Yeah, so you're watching the... People ask me, Ballsy, why are you so bullish on the Riders? I I got stopped at a wrestling event I was at with Sean, AEW, and fans are stopping me. That's the worst 3-1 team I've ever witnessed. But I will tell you this. Last year, we were 4-1, Keith, and we had, I think, an Eastern opponent heavy schedule and we hadn't run into any injuries uh marino got suspended then he got 
then he got kicked out of the league. Then Lanier the second got hurt. We got a rash of injuries. Could never get on track. This year we start with injuries. We're playing Western opponents. We're three and one with the chance to win another season series with uh, a Western opponent in Calgary this week. That's why I'm kind of bullish on this team so far. Very much so. Again, I'm I'm not ready to plan the Grey Cup no. on Albert Street by tomorrow. But but ballsy. Again, I, I with you all the way because we've won both games in the road so far. We've gone into Edmonton. We've gone into Calgary. Beat teams on the road. We are beating Western teams because our entire schedule. In fact, the first six games are all against um, against Western opponents. So we're doing really well in terms of uh, playing against the Western Division. And, and you look at the way we, we win. Again, we haven't yet done what BC did when they basically clobbered Montreal last night by 16 points. What we're doing is we're making the plays when we need to. Nick Marshall does the interception in overtime. We do a great last drive plus a two-point conversion to tie the game, game against Edmonton. We stopped the Elks three times from the one-yard line the first game of the season. Again, you're seeing resiliency. You're seeing teamwork. You're seeing some poise that I think will bear the team very well as we go forward in now to the last three quarters of the season. Keith Willoughby, the uh, dean of the Edwards School of Business, and our dean here, our analytics expert. See, we like analytics here. We have the guy here, but he's a sports nerd with a personality, which I love. Hey, Keith, thanks for your time, man. I appreciate it. Thanks, and go Riders.